springtime, PBS's Masterpiece Theater hosts its annual season of Call the Midwife. It's been going for the last few weeks, and if you don't know the show, it's about a company of midwives and Anglican nuns in a poor part of London in the 1950s and 60s. In every single episode, there's, there's a moment when the mother has just delivered her baby, and the midwives and the mama and the father outside are waiting to hear the baby's first cry. There's the anxious eye darting, the building tension. Perhaps you've had your own call the midwife moment, waiting to hear your own baby's first cry. Or perhaps the reverse. You've been sitting at the bedside of a dying loved one, wondering if that heave of breath you just heard would be the last one. I was sitting next to his bed the moment that my grandpa Chuck died. I'd gotten to the hospice house early that morning. The sun was just rising, and we sat alone in his room, him lying quietly on the bed and me to one side with a view out the window over his body. His breath was irregular by then, with long pauses between exhale and inhale. More than once, I thought that I'd heard his very last breath. I remember musing how much like a baby he looked lying there, his bald head, smooth skin stretched over his back-tilted face, eyelashes resting gently on his cheeks. I'd never met my great-grandmother, Marion, his mama, but I felt a kinship with her in that moment, as she must have spent time, too, watching him sleep, listening eagerly for each breath. Though I've practiced yoga for more than a third of my life, I've only started to realize recently how medicinal breath is for our bodies in our everyday lives. Did you know that increasing the oxygen in our blood through breathing can decrease our sensation of pain and can increase our endurance. Having been a cross-country runner in high school, I should have known this, both for my longevity and for my pain tolerance during those long races. It's what they tell women in labor, right? Breathe. And it's what they say to children when they're upset. Take a deep breath, honey. I started experimenting with this concept in my own everyday life, imagining as I breathe in that I'm enjoying the effects of a pain pill, like popping a Tylenol or gulping down some Advil as I fill my lungs. The medicinal, the medicine community has started doing studies even about the effectiveness of deep breathing and of oxygen-rich air for treating pain in our bodies, even for conditions like fibromyalgia and for depression. I think that it's a way that science is finally catching up with scripture's wisdom a few millennia after the fact. In this morning's gospel passage, Jesus <sighs> breathes 
on his disciples. It's the way that the writer, John, expresses Jesus' gifting of the Holy Spirit to his followers. While we'll celebrate Pentecost in June as the Feast of the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire and all, Colby Register, if you know him, has already offered his services as a liturgical fire breather. I want to sit this morning with the analogy of the Holy Spirit as breath. The words that Jesus uses around this strange action that he takes give us clues to what's happening here and how we might understand scripture and the underlying truth of it that continues to shape and to guide our lives. When Jesus appears to his disciples in the passage this morning, he says first, peace be with you. When we take deep breaths, we slow our heart rates. We force our bodies to calm down. We enter a state of deeper peace, just like Jesus tells us to do. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Breathing is not a single action. It's a wave of gathering and release. Again and again and again. From the very first breath that we take all the way through to our last. We inhale, gathering in. Think of it maybe as receiving the call that God the Father and Son make to us. And then we exhale, releasing, being sent, sharing with others the breath of life and the truth of redemption that we've just taken in to ourselves. Our bodies aren't made to have one without the other. If we just inhale and hold it, before long, we'll pass out. We aren't made to just receive or just be fulfilled or just be poured into. But neither are we made only to exhale, to give, to breathe out. That too (sighs) leads to passing out or what we might understand as a biological, uh, cosmically demanded reestablishing of equilibrium. Because as soon as a person passes out, our involuntary functions take over again, including the involuntary function of breathing in and breathing out. And that's another thing to notice about what, why Jesus uses this symbol of the breath as a gift to his disciples this morning. Most often, it's something that we don't think about at all. It continues every few seconds for our entire lives without direction or effort from the very first call the midwife moment to the very last sigh in the hospice room. The breath, we might even say, God in the Holy Spirit is always persistently 
present in our lives. Acting and holding up and guiding us, whether we notice it, even whether we accept it or not. Charles's godfather, a priest in Cooperstown, New York, has a plaque in his study that says, Bidden or unbidden, God is present. Just like the breath in our bodies, God is always surrounding us. Whether we're thinking about it, whether we feel it, or whether we stop breathing and try to close God out, God is still here. In the beginning, God breathes the breath of life into the nostrils of the first humans, Genesis tells us, gifting our forebears and in turn, each one of us with a spark of divinity, with the presence of God in us. Today, Jesus reenacts that miraculous gift, renewing and strengthening the relationship between God and humanity through Jesus' own fleshy presence, and also through the continuing relentless presence of the pneuma in Greek, the ruach in Hebrew, the breath of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, our physician and comforter, decreases our pain as we set our attention on God. The Holy Spirit, our advocate and our guide, increases our endurance as we pursue the will that God has set before us. So rather than holding our breath, tensing up when pain comes, which is our ingrained reaction, God in Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, invites us to breathe deep to fill up with the presence of God in order to walk through the pain which will come our way. And rather than ignoring either the inhale or the exhale, God invites us into the rhythm of the Holy Spirit's movement that we might find both peace and new life to share in his name. Amen.